Welcome back to Mouthing Off with Mike. This week's episode of Are You Not Sports Entertained is very different. It's going to be a very somber episode to start. The first half of this episode will be dedicated to Wyndham Rotunda, commonly known as Bray Wyatt, who we tragically lost this Thursday. The news broke via Twitter via Triple H, who received a phone call from Bray's father, Mike Rotunda, commonly known as IRS. Triple H would go on to let us know that Bray Wyatt had tragically passed away at the age of 36, sending shockwaves throughout the wrestling community, from the fans to fellow wrestlers to peers of Bray's, absolutely leaving us all shocked. And for your host here, for the most part, in denial at first, didn't dawn on me until we got to SmackDown Friday night and the beautiful tribute show that we got. It was later reported via Sean Ross Sapp of Fightful that Bray's cause of death was a heart attack exasperated by a battle with COVID. Bray Wyatt had returned at Extreme Rules last year. He would go on to have a match at the Royal Rumble against LA Knight, the Mountain Dew Pitch Black match, which he would win with the help of Uncle Howdy. After that, we didn't really see Bray. He would have some dark matches, aka live event matches uh, on the tour. And his last match was February. He would go out of action with what we now know as COVID, and we would not see him up until most recently, a couple days prior, possibly even just a week ago, And as well as his father, IRS, had been speaking in an interview and said, you know, when Bray's ready and fully healthy, you know, no doubt we'll see him back in the WWE. So all of us anticipating his return and for this news to break and for him to have passed away left a a shock. And Bray's passing leaves a massive void in professional wrestling, I will say. Bray Wyatt was one of the most unique interesting, creative, confusing, funny, heartfelt, kindest humans. Now, I've never met the man personally, but from the outpouring of love shown by his peers across all companies in professional wrestling, anyone who may have interacted with Bray at any point in their career spoke nothing but kind words and spoke highly of Bray. His passing is one that will leave all of us to wonder you know, what would have been. And I have no doubt that he would have had a flourishing, thriving career. Bray Wyatt captivated me at an early age. At the time when he had debuted in WWE, the first time, I was you know, eighth grade, ninth grade, still in my peak WWE watching eras, you know, appointment television for for young Mike here. And he had been in the earliest version of NXT at the time where it was sort of like a reality show, game show, where every week rookies were voted off and the rookies had competitions that they'd have to do and they'd get points. They would also be assigned pros. Now, 
Bray Wyatt's pro was Cody Rhodes. Now, Cody Rhodes himself was very new to WWE at the time as well, but Cody Rhodes was Bray Wyatt's pro. Bray Wyatt, or at the time known as Husky Harris, would be eliminated from NXT, and we wouldn't see him for some time. He would then go back to FCW, the developmental Florida Championship Wrestling, and he would go on to win a couple titles, some tag titles. He would then shift into what I would say is the start of the NXT we now know. He would form the Wyatt family with one Luke Harper and one Eric Rowan. Now, Luke Harper, also known as Brody Lee, we also tragically lost three years ago. Bray Wyatt and the Wyatt family would then finally, after weeks of cryptic and spooky vignettes showcased on Monday Night Raw, they would finally make their debut and they would run amok on Monday Night Raw, attacking all of the lot of superstars they could get their hands on and including the big red machine, Kane. Bray Wyatt would go on to have his debut match on the main roster against Kane in essentially an Inferno match. He would win this match with the help of Luke Harper and Eric Rowan. He would then go on to have some incredible rivalries and feuds. Some some matches include the six-man tag against the Shield, He would go on with the Wyatt family to, in fact, then completely feud with none other than John Cena, where we see the first, he's got the whole world in his hands. He's got the whole world in his hands with some very psychological segments and moments with the John Cena. This would lead to a WrestleMania match with John Cena. Bray Wyatt would go on to as well. Feud with Chris Jericho at the time. He had feuds with Daniel Bryan and CM Punk as well with the Wyatt family, Harper and Rowan. Following this, we would get the new face of fear, Bray Wyatt. He would set Harper and Rowan free, and he would show up during Dean Ambrose's and Seth Rollins match and interfere and attack Dean Ambrose. We go on to have a nice rivalry with Dean Ambrose at the time. Ultimately, this would lead to a showdown with none other than the one, the only, the Undertaker. We were getting Bray Wyatt taking on the Undertaker at WrestleMania 31. Now, of course, Bray Wyatt was unsuccessful in his attempt to be the one in the streak. We would know that Brock Lesnar would go on to do that a couple years later. A fantastic match and an awesome way to highlight the new face of fear, Bray Wyatt. The Wyatt family would come back and they would have a reunion. We would then get on to some amazing matches with the New Day, Roman Reigns, the Brothers of Destruction, and eventually head to WrestleMania where the Wyatt family would confront The Rock, and The Rock would beat Eric Rowan in about seven seconds or something. And we would then lead into the era of the new Wyatt family with Randy Orton and Luke Harper. They would go on to win the SmackDown Live Tag Team Championship, 
and Bray Wyatt later on would go on in the Elimination Chamber to win the WWE title for the first time, an event that I was there live for. This was an awesome moment, one that I'll never forget and I'll cherish for the rest of my life. My buddy and me, Jordan, we went absolutely wild, screamed our lungs off. Elimination Chamber was an amazing premium live event at the time. And that right there, that win capped it off for us. We were so, so freaking happy. It would lead to Bray Wyatt taking on Randy Orton at WrestleMania. And Randy Orton would beat Bray Wyatt at WrestleMania for the WWE title. And Randy Orton would also burn down the Wyatt family compound. Some iconic moments here and moments that set up for a little bit later on in his career. Bray Wyatt would also become a tag team with one broken Matt Hardy and form the Deleters of Worlds. Yes, wonderful. Which was honestly so entertaining, and myself and Jordan were actually lucky enough to see the Deleters of Worlds in action at a Monday Night Raw, which, fun fact about this very Monday Night Raw, myself and Jordan went to a Cricket Wireless to meet Sheamus. We meet Sheamus, awesome dude, and there's a radio station that's doing a contest for Raw tickets. And I enter, and my good buddy Jordan, he'll tell you the story. He's like, nah, man, I'm not going to enter. Like, we're not going to win. I'm not going to win. I'm like, Jordan, enter in the contest, and you're going to win. And you'll never guess what happens. Like, a few moments later, they run the contest. Jordan dobles. I look at Jordan. Jordan looks at me. They got, his, they got his last name. They pronounced his last name wrong. So at first, I looked at Jordan. Jordan looked at me. We both were like, that's, that's you, bro. And immediately, Jordan gets up there and claims the tickets. And it was an awesome moment and one that I'll never forget. So hindsight, 2020. Jordan, if you're listening to this, what a time, man. What a time. Without you entering that contest, we never got to see the deleters of worlds. I digress, getting back to the matter at hand. Gotta, I have to bring a little comedy here as well. The Deleters of World would go on to win the Raw Tag Team Championship, but they would simply lose them shortly after, and they would be disbanded due to some injuries to Matt Hardy. We wouldn't see Bray Wyatt for a little bit, and then starting in April 2019, we would start seeing some more interesting vignettes popping up with a buzzard puppet, a witch doll, a rabbit toy, and some other funhouse array characters. This would in turn start the Firefly Funhouse, hosted by Bray Wyatt, and what I would consider to be a Mr. Rogers-esque, Blue's Clue-esque show, but with a little bit of a sinister and dark side. Something that we really didn't see. Now, we've had The Undertaker, we've had The Canes, we've had spooky characters. We never had something horror-based. And that's what we are about to get from Bray Wyatt. The Firefly Funhouse absolutely captivated me when I first saw it. And the debut episode of it left me wanting more. I did not miss Monday Night Raw, SmackDown. Whenever there was an announcement of a new Firefly Funhouse episode, 
I did not miss it. It was appointment viewing because I was so captivated and I would watch and I go, there's so much more to this than meets the eye. It was so deep. It had layers. Yes, it was this silly, goofy, you know, in the fun house, you know, making jokes, singing, dancing sometimes, but also it had a sinister and serious vibe to it. And it was, you know, really the first time we got to see Bray dive deeper into his character and his psyche and how just creative the man is. Now, the Firefly Funhouse would lead us and we would learn that there was a sinister side. Like I said, this being the fiend. Now, the fiend was a personality created by Bray that was to here to right the wrongs of Bray's past. So he would go on to attack some legends during this time. He would talk about the Wyatt family compound burning down, which we would lead to a rivalry with Randy Orton. But before we get there, the Fiend would attack Finn Balor. And at SummerSlam, the Fiend would have its debut match against Finn Balor, which the Fiend Bray Wyatt would go on to win in fast fashion, symbolizing the start of a scary time in WWE. The Fiend would go on to dethrone Seth Rollins for the Universal Championship. There were some questionable matches at that time, but the Fiend character certainly was. Something that we'll never see again, and I don't think will ever be recreated. It was a one-of-one, one. it was unique, and it was perfect for its time. Something that I'll rewatch. We got so many awesome moments from The Fiend, from Bray Wyatt, the Muscle Man dance. We would get the Firefly Funhouse match during the pandemic at WrestleMania 36 against John Cena, quite possibly one of the most wildest cinematic matches. Bray Wyatt was an innovator. We had seen Swamp matches. We had seen Wyatt Compound matches. We've seen Pitch Black matches. Bray Wyatt was one of those those few that could do anything and, and make it work. He was so unique and so creative. The Fiend would have a, a very intense rivalry with Randy Orton. Alexa Bliss would as well join in here, and we would end up seeing Alexa start to get a little bit darker as well. This was something that as well was fantastic, and it was just so unique. The Fiend would also be burned alive by Randy Orton when later show up at WrestleMania. Perfectly healed and ready to fight Randy, which The Fiend would be unsuccessful in the match. Which led a lot of fans to question what the creative decisions were. And, you know, your host here included. WrestleMania 37 against Randy Orton was the last time we would see The Fiend. And, unfortunately... On July 31st, in 2021, he was released from WWE, which was a shock to me. I was not a happy camper. Like I said, folks, I'm a big fan, and the whole reason that the beginning of this episode is what it is is because I truthfully don't know how to cope with the fact that we'll never get to see Bray Wyatt, and that's selfish of me, and I understand that, but also what better way to honor his memory than talk about his career and talk about what we got 
up to this point. And like I said, sending massive thoughts and prayers to the family. Bray Wyatt would come on back after some very interesting vignettes and QR codes and puzzles and following of the White Rabbit, something that was also unique to Bray Wyatt. It was it was nothing like the Firefly Funhouse. It was nothing like The Fiend. It was now we were getting to see the real Bray. Bray would return at Extreme Rules in October, and he would come back to SmackDown and address the crowd, and we would get an, an amazing, beautiful promo from Bray Wyatt, and we would then start to learn more about what we were going to see with this new incarnation of Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt would go on to then have Uncle Howdy, a masked character who many believe to be his brother, Bo, in his corner, and he would start a feud with L.A. Knight. And as I said, those two would then go on to the Royal Rumble, and they would have the Mountain Dew Pitch Black match, which was wild. It was a blacklight match, and Bray came out with this insane blacklight paint. He looked crazy. He looked so cool. And then Uncle Howdy was here. It was very spooky. Uh, it was it was unique. It was it was interesting. It was entertaining, and I was entertained. And I was captivated by it. I was like, you know what? This is pretty cool. They they took a chance here, and I I thought it worked. And that's not me just saying that to say it. I truthfully did. I I received it very well. After this, the characters would come to life from the Firefly Funhouse, which was also very unique at the time. And then at Raw is thirty, the thirtieth anniversary of Raw, we would see. A segment with Bray Wyatt, LA Knight, and The Undertaker, which essentially Undertaker whispering something to Bray Wyatt and essentially probably giving him the passing of the torch. So big things were expected, and I was ready for it. I was ready to see Bray Wyatt take up the mantle as that that character, that wrestler, you know, who's going to be psychological, scary, and was going to be intense. So I was ready to see him take up this mantle. After this feud, we were getting some hints that possibly Bray Wyatt was coming for Bobby Lashley and or Brock Lesnar, and we were maybe going to see him have that match against Bobby Lashley at WrestleMania. We did not get that match, and then it was reported that Bray Wyatt was out due to life-threatening injury. This was on August the 19th, since February. So that report broke, and that he was closing in on our return. That was the full report that was out there that, you know, he was out since February with a life-threatening injury and that he was nearing a return. Even his father saying so in an interview. And here we are five days later, August 24th, and it was announced that Bray had passed away at the age of 36. So once again, from the bottom of my heart, from all of my family to Bray's family, to you, if you're a fan of Bray's and this is hitting you, hard and it's one of those things where we'll be in shock you know I, I remember being a kid and seeing Eddie pass away and them having the tribute show to Eddie Guerrero that was a tough one to watch as well I was a big fan of Eddie's as a kid now you really can't grasp that impact at the time as a child I only after you know growing up and really looking into it and re-watching that really understood the impact at that time and now as an adult I can tell you and experiencing this firsthand as an adult and watching someone you watched when you were a kid is you know is is wild it's 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 shocking it's it's scary puts things in perspective you know every every everybody likes to get a little critical when it comes to wrestling and they like to you know 
they have their favorites and things don't go their way. They complain or they like to bash wrestlers. But at times like this, I just like to remind people that these are people. You know, they are portrayed as heroes and villains on our television screens, but they are real life people. They have feelings. They have families. They have things going on. So just remember that the next time you want to take to social media, talk badly about a wrestler or talk badly about the, the way they look in the ring or how they sound on the mic or try to attack them personally. Just remember that, that you never know what's going on with them. You never know what what's happening when they're not on the television screens. Everyone fights their own battles. And like I said, if this is affecting you, you know, please don't go through it alone. Reach out to your loved ones. Reach out to family members. Reach out to the support lines if need be. With that being said, we did get a beautiful tribute to him on SmackDown tonight. And I'll, I'll get into the matches that we saw, but the moments that we got, the crowd, the 10-bell salute for him, and Terry Funk also, you know. I would be remiss not to talk about Terry Funk, an, another icon in professional wrestling, one that transcended pro wrestling. And Cody Rhodes had some beautiful words to say about him tonight on SmackDown during the tribute show to Bray and Terry Funk. There was a 10-bell salute on SmackDown tonight, and it was a beautiful celebration of life and Truthfully, there was not a dry eye in the house here tonight. I was bawling my eyes out. I want to thank every superstar that was in attendance tonight, that performed on SmackDown, that was there for the show, that was there. We saw Eric Rowan was there as well. He's not a, a member of the WWE roster, but he was there. It's his you know, brother, quote-unquote, right? So it was beautiful. It was very beautiful, to say the least. And, you know, it, it, it felt right. It, it helped. You know, I had, I had very, like I said, very, very much so denied the fact that Bray had passed on. Like I said, never knew him personally, but it's like I did know him. Wrestling makes you feel like you know, you know, the, the person that you're seeing on the television screen. That's, you know, that's what wrestling is about. That's how you know you've got something. When you can connect to an audience, you've never met them, and you can get them feeling like this when you were to pass. So, like I said, guys, Bray Wyatt, one of the most unique minds in the building, from what I've read across social media from wrestlers, one of the kind, kindest wrestlers, most supportive, and just a downright good human being. So, keep the family in your prayers. Don't cry that it's over. Smile because it happened. But yeah, this one will be take some time to really truly process i'm going to take a brief pause collect my thoughts and then i'm going to get into what we saw on raw nxt and then some of those matches that we saw on smackdown so don't go anywhere i know we started off a little a little bit somber but i promise the next 30 minutes we'll be talking about some good old pro wrestling all right after you know, covering Bray Wyatt's life and career, I want to just talk about some wrestling. It's, it'd be nice to just get into some other topics here. You got to this point, you heard, you know, my thoughts, my feelings, um, and, you know, the best I could when it came to a tribute. Uh, I will say WWE did a beautiful tribute on SmackDown. I don't think anyone will say that it wasn't. Before, you know, this week went to absolute shit, you know, we did have Monday Night Raw, and it was pretty good. We start off the show with the Judgment Day. Basically, we're in Canada. 
hometown boy Kevin Owens makes his return here to Monday Night Raw. We're going to end up getting the Judgment Day, two members of the Judgment Day, versus KO and Sami Zayn in the main event of Monday Night Raw. The New Day, as you heard last week, they're going to be challenging Drew McIntyre and Matt Riddle to a tag team match this week. Now, it's a pretty solid tag team match. The New Day are able to beat this impromptu team of Drew and Riddle after the match. Some tensions are rising between the two, but it looks like after some talking through in the backstage during Raw, Riddle and Drew are going to give a one more chance for tag team glory next week on Raw against the Viking Raiders. Chad Gable is going to be taking on Gunther for the Intercontinental Championship, a match that I was extremely excited about and a match that was pretty damn good, a banger. Like, I would honestly give it a four-star, 4.2 banger on Monday Night Raw for free television. Now, Chad Gable beats Gunther, but not for the Intercontinental Championship. He's able to defeat him via countout, thus handing Gunther his first loss in over 500 days. This is only going to set up what I hope to be a payoff match at maybe payback if Gunther has already passed the Honky Tonk Man's record. If not, then I would say within the week or two after that record is passed, Gunther's dropping that title to possibly Chad Gable or someone else on Raw. Shinsuke Nakamura has an awesome backstage promo with subtitles. They let Shinsuke speak Japanese, and they subtitled it, and it was one of the best promos that we've ever got. Something that I've been saying for years that they should just let Shinsuke do. Just let him talk and put subtitles. Do a pre-recorded promo. Let him talk. Do subtitles. I can read. I know most wrestling fans sometimes struggle with that, but most wrestling fans can read. This was awesome. Last week, Shinsuke Nakamura whispers something in Seth's ear, which leaves Seth frozen like a deer in headlights and Shinsuke is able to hit him with a Kinshasa. It's revealed this week that Shinsuke told Seth that I know about your back. Seth Rollins has fractures in his back that he's been dealing with for a long time now. Shinsuke reveals that he knows about Seth Rollins back and Seth goes on to explain yeah I have fractures in my back that you know, have been bothering me and I'm in constant pain and wow. So Shinsuke Nakamura is going to be targeting Seth's back for this championship match, which is made official. They will be having that match for the World Heavyweight Championship at Payback in just a week's time. Candice LeRae is going to be in action on Monday Night Raw and she's taking on Mommy Rhea Ripley. Mommy Rhea Ripley absolutely decimates Candice LeRae which I hated to see, but Raquel Rodriguez comes on out and she gets payback on Mami. So I have no doubt we're headed towards Mami versus Raquel at payback for the Women's World Championship. At least I'm fingers crossed for that. The Miz had said last week that he's going to go ahead and challenge somebody on Raw that is of the standard of LA Knight. And we're continuing the saga with the Miz and LA Knight here. The Miz is going to be taking on Akira Tozawa after LA Knight makes fun of him and throws tissues on him. And says, here, go ahead and cry about this. LA Knight, man, he's the best. We'll we'll touch on more on that here on the uh on the SmackDown side here in just a few moments. The Miz and Akira Tozawa have this match. Akira Tozawa is able to beat the Miz, and then LA Knight comes on in and hits him with 
blunt force trauma after the match. Becky Lynch and Trish Stratus have themselves a promo here. And this would I I would say was um interesting to say the least. Becky's gonna take on Zoe next Monday in False Count Anywhere before her and Trish step inside a steel cage at payback, finally concluding their rivalry. Chelsea Green and new tag team partner Piper Niven are going to take on Caden Carter and Katana Chance. Now, they defeat Katana and Caden. Nice little match here. It was way too quick for my liking. That's been the theme when it comes to the WWE and the women on the main roster. NXT's women division, fire. Seth responds to Shinsuke here, accepts the challenge. We are headed towards the main event, which when I looked at my clock, it looked like it was a little early for the main event to be going on, so I was like, hmm, shenanigans are coming. The Judgment Day take on KO and Sami Zayn. Once again, the Money in the Bank briefcase is used, but this time it is thrown to Finn, but Finn does not catch it. KO catches it and says, eh, screw it. Hits Finn with it. They get disqualified. The Judgment Day win. And after the match, everybody's fighting. Cody Rhodes comes out, makes the save, and says, nah, nah. This is not how it's ending. This is not how the fans here are going to go home. We're restarting the match. It's going to be a six-man tag match. Myself, KO, Sammy against you clowns. And KO, Sammy, and Cody get the win. Now, my one gripe I will say about this is that we have seen a variation of this match quite often, but even though we've seen it quite often, I can't deny it's pretty damn good. It's like fun. You know, it's like it's like a match that you really wouldn't see on tv it's like kind of like a live show type of match like a you know one of those like superstar all-star tag matches like they're fun we've seen them a few times we've seen them in different variations i hope they don't keep leaning into it i hope they give it a, a pause for a little bit but they are fun matches even though we've seen them a lot i will say they're still damn fun for me monday night raw was a good show there were a couple you know odds and ends that necessarily could have been a little bit stronger you know like i said we're we're we really we had two women's matches on raw and both of them were i believe under 10 minutes total so that's a little bit of an issue nxt heat wave this tuesday night was a damn good nxt show man well i i would say wow like i've, I've said many a times on this show Ilya Dragunov, is so damn talented. Himself and Trick start off NXT Heatwave with an absolute banger, a certified banger. Man, Trick Williams is going to be a star. I'm happy that him and, and Melo had their run, but Trick now, he gets to find himself and find his character, and man, he's going to be something. I have no doubt. Dragging off as well. He's going to be something special for WWE. These guys can go. Dragging off, vicious. Sells it with his moves. Dragging off and his moveset it is vicious. It looks vicious. He goes on to beat Trick Williams, but after the match, Dragging off gives him the head nod, gives him the sign of respect. Like, all right, kid, you hung around with me. You got my respect. Ivy Nile is taking on Ava Rain here. Ivy Nile beats Ava Rain in her singles match debut. So that was a shocker, but happy for Ivy Nile. This story is getting interesting now. NXT will go on to see here that the Creed brothers had invaded the schism this whole time, which is what we knew. At NXT No Mercy, we're getting 
a steel cage match, the Creed Brothers versus the Dyad. So awesome stuff there. Noam Dar and Nathan Frazier go out there and have a banger of an NXT Heritage Cup rules match for the NXT Heritage Cup. Noam Dar is able to win with a ton of help from the Metaphor Group, but this was a certified banger here as well. We've got a mixed tag match. Dragon Lee and Lyra Valkyrie taking on Dirty Dom and Mommy Rhea Ripley. Dragon Lee and Lyra Valkyrie are able to beat Dirty Dom and Mommy thanks to the help of Raquel Rodriguez, who comes out and attacks Rhea again. So once again, Rhea and her are headed towards that match at Payback, and I can't wait for it. Just can't wait for them to make it official now. With the main event here of NXT Heat Wave, we're going to turn up the heat once again. And in a match for the NXT Championship, him, Carmelo Hayes, defending his title against former North American champion Wes Lee in what can only be described as a certified Dragon Ball Z-esque fight. These two dudes were kicking the hell out of each other, jumping all over the ring, diving across everything. We got like a, a, a reverse springboard DDT through the table to Wesley from Mello. Wesley dove through the middle rope towards the corner by the turnbuckle and the ring post, nearly went through the barricade. These guys were diving and flying everywhere, man. It was like a certified, whew. I, I was I was left breathless during this match. They were flying everywhere, man. It was so freaking good. Mello, at the end of it, has to has to put Wes down, and he retains his title. But you could tell he didn't want to do it. NXT Heat Wave was awesome. The show debuted with Tony D'Angelo and Stax in the pool with all the paisans, and they're having a good old time. All we needed was some gabagool. Tiffany Stratton and her women's division is starting to settle up here. We're going to get a fatal four-way next week on NXT to decide who her number one contender will be with the likes of Roxanne Perez, Blair Davenport, Kiana James, and Gigi Dolan. And then the announcement here of the NXT Global Heritage Cup Invitational, which is very similar to... The G1 Climax, but it's a super small scale. It's just basically be some wrestlers from all across the world. They're going to go ahead and compete against each other, earning points and moving on throughout this bracket till they inevitably get to the finals, taking on Noam Dar for the Heritage Cup, which will culminate at NXT No Mercy in a couple weeks. So once again, NXT Heat Wave was fire this week. When I come back here, we're going to finish off with SmackDown, the tribute to Bray Wyatt show. And then I'll finish everything off here with the final mouth off with Mike. Here we are back once again. We are talking Friday Night Smackdown. Now, I started the show off with my tribute and you know, breaking down the career of Bray Wyatt and you know my ode to him and what he meant to me as a performer and a professional wrestler, as a person, as a human, as a creative mind. But we get to see tonight on SmackDown what he meant to his peers and his fellow wrestlers. Eric Rowan here is front and center. We start off the show with Michael Cole. 
the entire roster with Cody Rhodes, Braun Strowman, Eric Rowan, Triple H, LA Knight, Bailey, Asuka, everybody on the stage, the Street Profits, Bobby Lashley, the production crew, the referees, the backstage interviewers, everybody, Corey Graves, the announcers, all of the above. Everybody starts on the stage with two graphics displayed on the screen. In memory of Terry Funk and in memory of Wyndham Rotunda, Bray Wyatt. Two wrestlers lost. We get a 10-bell salute for both wrestlers, and then we get a beautiful, beautiful video package detailing Bray, his family, his children, his career. It was a beautiful start to Friday Night SmackDown. It was a sad start, but at the same time, it was beautiful. There's not a dry eye in the house. There wasn't a dry eye in my house. As I'm talking about this again, you know, I get a little teary-eyed because it was that impactful. Bray meant a lot to these to these wrestlers, to the, his peers. It meant a lot to the fans. I saw countless stories from fans, you know, telling about how Bray had helped them and been there for them during some dark times, and you know they were able to lean into and get captivated by his stuff. So this hits home. What a great way to start the show! What a great way to tribute both wrestlers, especially Bray here. The first match here on SmackDown is going to see Rey Mysterio taking on Grayson Waller. There's always going to be some shenanigans afoot here. Austin Theory, former U.S. champ, comes out to try to interfere in this match. He's got a match with Rey at Payback here, which is announced on SmackDown. Thanks to Santos Escobar, he's able to even the odds when he comes down to help Rey. And Rey's able to get the win over Grayson Waller. Next week on SmackDown, it's going to be Grayson Waller and Austin Theory copy and paste taking on Rey Mysterio and Santos Escobar of the LWO. EO Sky is going to defend her title against Zelina Vega in a WWE women's title match. This was a good match. It was a fun match. EO Sky is able to retain her title. So I think we might see Zelina maybe come on back and these two run it back at payback or maybe somebody else is in the mix here but it was a good match and i was happy to see zelina on the smackdown zelina had come out you know on social media you know on thursday when bray had passed and you know talked about how instrumental he was when she had tried out originally it was it was a it was awesome to get a lot of the wrestlers that we had on the card performing and because we got some awesome odes to the wrestlers you know ray had done a couple of bray's moves we had seen a couple moves and a couple catchphrases used by the Street Profits, L.A. Knight later on in the show. It was beautiful. Cody Rhodes actually comes out and gives us an impassioned promo here about the life of Terry Funk. Speaks, you know, a little bit about Bray and his impact as well. But Cody was here to honor Terry, and we go through a video package of Terry and his career and his life. And man, oh man, that man had a 50-year career, and he was one of the best to ever do it. He was extreme before extreme was a damn thing. Cody was the right man to come out and do it because his father, Dusty, and Terry had some awesome matches together. And we ended up getting, you know, the infamous story told by Cody of Terry calling Dusty his father, rest in peace to both guys, calling his father an egg sucker. Then we see, you know, him wear a t-shirt that says Dusty sucks eggs. Awesome stuff. Awesome to have Cody in the position. Cody's been in some, some really unique positions over the last couple of years. Cody has had the very unfortunate, not only about Bray Wyatt and his passing, but as well Brody Lee, because 
Cody Lee was with AEW at the time. Cody was one of his last rivals at the time and came, you know, he had said some kind words and during the Brody Lee tribute show. So Cody has been has been through it. So thoughts and prayers to Cody, you know, during this as well, you know, with the loss of Terry, loss of Bray, Brody, everyone. You know, thoughts and prayers go out to everyone here involved who were friends of Brody's, Bray's, and everyone in between, all of the roster members, seriously. A lot, lot to lot to digest over the last couple of days. So Cody makes the announcement that the next match, which is a tag match which between the Street Profits and the Brawling Brutes, is going to be a Terry Funk hardcore tag team match. There was not a lot of hardcore elements. There was one table, and I'm not going to complain about it. I'm just saying I would have at least liked to see one more chair or kendo stick. That's all. The Street Profits win with the help of Bobby Lashley, and he hits a crazy spear that turns Butch inside and out. He does it in a sports suit, so that was incredible. L.A. Knight is going to be taking on Finn Balor in the main event of SmackDown. And the reason being for this main event is because LA Knight was the last opponent Bray had faced, and Finn was the first opponent The Fiend had faced when Bray debuted The Fiend. So this was a beautiful match, and this was a beautiful tribute. Throughout the entirety of Friday Night SmackDown, we got numerous QR codes popping up, which when you would scan, they would take you to different parts of Bray's career starting all the way back with the first video from the Wyatt family to most recently with his promo on SmackDown and the and the lights, the, the pitch black match. I thought that was an awesome detail and, you know, felt like when we were scanning the QR codes just a couple months ago when Bray was coming back last year in October and we were trying to figure out what the puzzle was. So I thought that was awesome to utilize that as, as another piece of this tribute. Uh, tweets and, and videos and pictures played throughout in between commercials when we would come back or we would go to a commercial. We saw tweets from tons of WWE talent, Vanessa Hudgens as well. Michael Cole had spoken on his impact, Corey Graves during commentary. Michael Cole also spoke about Terry Funk and his time as a kid and hearing about Terry Funk and only being able to you know learn about him through magazines because he, he lived in New York and he could only watch Vince Sr.'s product, WWF. So I thought that was awesome. But LA Knight here comes out and he cuts a beautiful promo. You know, goes on to say that, you know, Bray may have been his biggest foe, but he was also his biggest help. You know, he he basically says, you know, Bray put him over. Bray gave him the rub here. Uh, and, you know, they may not have been best friends. And, you know, LA Knight tries to keep kayfabe and, you know, gets a little real mixed in with it. He's able to sew in then ode to Bray Wyatt and speak about Bray and honor him as well as sell the match with The Miz and talk about The Miz. And he does a spot-on voice impersonation of The Miz, which took me off guard and got me to laugh during, you know, of course, a very emotional night, which is what we all needed. We needed some entertainment. We needed a, a way to express ourselves and express what we were feeling. And I think SmackDown did that perfectly. LA Knight, at the end of his promo, tells The Miz... A wise man once told me that when you see me, run. So awesome use of an ode to Bray here. And LA Knight goes on to defeat Finn Balor in the main event. And then to end SmackDown, we would get a beautiful photo of when Bray had returned on the Jumbotron with the lantern in the ring and the fog. And we would leave SmackDown and fade to black with the crowd chanting, Thank you, Bray. Thank you, Bray. What a beautiful tribute to Bray Wyatt and Terry Funk tonight on SmackDown.
when I come back, I'll have a final mouth off. And then we'll talk about what's coming down the pipeline for Mouthing Off with Mike. Stay tuned. This is the final mouth off with Mike. This final mouth off for this episode, since this is the tribute episode to Bray Wyatt and Terry Funk, I wanted to end the episode with some words from Bray Wyatt. This was posted by Bray Wyatt back in August of 2022. And I'm going to go ahead and read his post that he had posted to Twitter and Instagram as a way to end this episode in the best way possible, I could think, with some words from Wyndham Rotunda, as known as Bray Wyatt. Wrestling is not a love story. It's a fairy tale for masochists, a comedy for people who criticize punchlines, a fantasy most can't understand, a spectacle no one can deny. Lines are blurred, heroes are villains, budgets are cut, business is business. But it can also be a land where dead men walk, where honor makes you elite, where demons run for office, and rock bottom is a reason to rejoice. Woo! It's an escape. A reason to point the blame at anyone but yourself for two to three hours. An excuse to be a kid again, and nothing matters except the moment we are in. Wrestling is not a love story. It's much more. It's hope. And in a world surrounded in hate, greed, and violence, a world where closure may never come, we all know a place that has hot and cold, hope on tap, for better or for worse. Wyndham Rotunda, Bray Wyatt. Thank you, Bray for your contributions to professional wrestling. Thank you for allowing us a peek into your creative mind. May you rest in peace and find rest in the afterlife. As well, rest in peace to Terry Funk. May he find peace and rest in the afterlife. Thank you, everyone, for listening to Mouthing Off with Mike. Next week, we'll be back to our regular schedule, an episode on Saturdays and an episode on Sundays. Stay tuned for the socials for some big announcements. And with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, on this weekend with massive wrestling shows, let us just go out there and enjoy some professional wrestling. And for two to three hours, find that excuse to be kids again. Thank you. Mouthing off with Mike. Mouthing off with Mike. Mouthing off with Mike.